0: Last week we taught on uh, budgeting, taught on budgeting, and I I really do believe that uh, not knowing how to manage your money is a reason most small businesses fail. Uh, the other reason that uh, uh, small businesses fail in the first couple of years is their time management. Uh, and as I was teaching last week, I was like, I already know right now what I got to teach on next week. So this week, we're going to talk about getting it all done, getting it all done. Um, I, uh, I regularly teach. I just believe that whatever struggle you work through and get to the other side of uh, that is now a struggle that you have to turn around and help other people through. Uh, I know many who have uh, uh, defeated addiction or continue daily to defeat addiction. Well, they, they're sort of responsible for reaching back and helping people through that same addiction. Uh, if you haven't been to a city, it's really hard to be a tour guide of that city. Uh, I, I can't necessarily help somebody through alcoholism, uh, but my friend Paul Roberts can, and, uh, and, and, and so he does, right? Well, my addictions where money management and and time management issues, uh, certainly something I struggle with. And because I feel like I I don't think you ever master these things, uh, I feel like I've gotten really good at it. I feel like it's almost my responsibility. It's my job to turn around and help other people through it. So in getting it all done, let's talk about, let me ask you these things. Do you feel like you're flying by the seat of your pants? (laughs) In any given day, do you feel like, ah! <laughs> you're just flying by the seat of your pants, and you know at the end of the day you sort of land in your bed and you, you get a brief nap and you get up in the morning and you just start flying again. Do you ever feel like that uh, when you're with your family? Do you feel guilty that you aren't working? Do you ever feel guilty that you aren't working when you're with your family? And and when you're working, do you feel guilty that you aren't with your family? When, so when you're with your family, do you feel guilty that you aren't working? And when you're working, do you feel guilty? Wherever you are. Do you feel guilty that you're there and not doing something else? Boil it down like that. If your answer is yes to any of these three, you have a challenge with time management. I'm not saying it's a problem. I'm not saying it's burying you. I'm saying it's a fight that you're in, and, um, and you can beat it. So let's talk about that. Uh, there are some resources. I certainly felt like that. Look, I, I felt like... When I first got started, I saw my friend Andy, you know, he went from zero production to half a million dollars a month in six months, and he wouldn't have gotten there without my $20,000 a month, thank you very much. But, <laughs> like, I went from zero to 20,000 in six months. Eh, right? Well, I felt like I was flying by the seat of my pants, and he seemed like he had it all together. And I remember asking him, like, Andy, what are you doing? How is this working for you? And he said, you gotta read this book, Getting Things Done by David Allen. And I'm not going to teach on this book today, but just know that this book has heavily influenced my life. Uh, It's one of those books that I can point to and say, without this book, I would not be who I am today. I'm positive. It is a great book to read, and uh, it's been around for a long time. This was just the latest picture I could pull uh, on it, but uh, I have no idea what the cover looks like. But the, the, the title is Getting Things Done. And the author is David Allen, The Art of Stress-Free Productivity. Doesn't that sound nice? Stress-Free Productivity? It sounds nice to me. The other resource I'm going to talk about right now, there's another one coming in a little bit, but this other resource, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Um, a lot of people know this book. Some people don't. And every time I talk to somebody, I'm always surprised when they haven't heard of this book. Um, it is a, and, and I'm surprised just because I've, I feel like I've known about it since I was probably 16 or 17. Uh, And now I'm 44. So when Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, Napoleon Hill was asked by Andrew Carnegie to write about Andrew Carnegie's success. Andrew Carnegie said, I'm going to tell you about how I saw success, and I just want you to put that in books. And there's volumes written about it. There's multiple books out there by Napoleon Hill. Uh, it's, it's not just this one, but this is sort of the cornerstone book. Napoleon Hill took it beyond interviewing Andrew Carnegie and also talked to other titans of industry from the early 1900s uh, and asked them and talked to them about what they did to see success. And you see how it says, think and grow rich. It doesn't say work and grow rich. Now. I don't think any of these titans would say they didn't work. They just, they, well, I just sat on my couch and I thought a lot and made a lot of money. It's not exactly how it works, but what I have found more often than not, more often than not, we have people that work without thinking than thinking without work. Like I think thinking is something that we miss quite a bit in small business ownership. Uh, and and trying to build our own businesses we miss out on the think we're so focused on the do and we hear all the time you got to do that do that we forget to think and there is a place for thinking about your business so this is from Napoleon Hill and uh, this is directly uh, copied and pasted from the book Okay, number one there is a cumulative value to investing small amounts of time in certain activities over a long period of time there is a cumulative value to investing small amounts of time in certain activities over a long period of time. An example would be working out. Uh, I remember forever I heard Zig Ziglar say, if you walk briskly 30 minutes a day, you'll live a longer and healthier life. He lived well into his 80s, very healthy up until the last, the last day. So um, it, that there is a certain cumulative value to those those activities on a daily basis Uh, well i'll get into the next one there are rarely any immediate consequences for neglecting single installments of time in in any arena of life for example working out if you miss once working out it's no big deal there is a cumulative value to doing it every day. But if you miss once, it's not like suddenly you're 4,000 pounds. You, you, didn't, you didn't gain that fourth. I remember when, uh, the first time I went to a trainer was in 2006. We were about to have our first child. And uh, as a good friend of mine, Kyle, said that my insurance gut was coming in nice. And so I, uh, I started going to a trainer and he said, look, it's taken you 30 some years to get into this shape. I'm not going to get you out of it in 90 days. <laughs> okay, got it. What he's saying is, There's a cumulative value to investing small amounts of time and there's rarely any immediate consequences for neglecting single installments of time. Neglect actually has a cumulative effect. If you miss one workout, no big deal. If you miss a year, some of us, if you miss a week, like, oh my gosh, I'm so sore after taking a week off. Have you ever gone back to working out and you're like, man, I wouldn't have to go through this pain of starting to work out again if I just kept working out in the first place. Well, you're experiencing these points right here. Neglect has a cumulative effect. Uh, I have people say, I can't go to that event because of my child's birthday. And I go, my children celebrate their birthdays when we tell them they're celebrating their birthdays. (laughs) Right? I mean, we try on their birthday to, to we do lucky charms like with candles in the top for their birthdays. We give them or donuts or whatever. We try to do that thing, something special, but their birthday party? Very rarely is their birthday party actually on their birthday. And we learned that from mentors. That's not something we came up with. But we learned that from mentors. But here's the thing. If you are are constantly neglecting relationships in your life, then when something important needs to happen and you can't do it because of those relationships and you spend time with them, that's where it rears its ugly head. It's you constantly neglected time with that person and now you need to do something for the betterment of yourself and your family and you can't do it because they say, well, if you go to that event, when you come home, I won't be there. Now, my wife never said that, but I've heard plenty of people who said their wives did say that. Well, that's because you neglected her for so long that that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Right? Neglect has a cumulative effect. Number four, there is no cumulative value to the urgent things that we allow to interfere with our important things. We'll talk about that a little bit more in detail in <clears throat> just a little bit, but there, there's no cumulative value to the urgent things that we allow to interfere with our important things. An important thing in my life is having a conversation with my wife. I promise you, 100 times out of 100, that is an important thing in my life. It, it, is, it, it, is, it is important. Now, an urgent thing would be one of our urgent three children that come in and have to say, Hey, let me show you my new high score in this video game. <laughs> now, it's important that I pay my kids' attention. It's, it's, it's urgent to them right now, but the conversation that I'm having with my wife is more important right now. Makes sense? So there, there's... There's no cumulative value to the urgent things that we allow to interfere with our important things. The relationship that I build with my wife is more important than the constant interruptions that our children provide. Makes sense? Now, it's important that I invest in them, but it's more, as I say to the kids, hey, after you're gone, I'm still living with her. <laughs> like, it's important that we stay right because you get to go form your own thing later. But, but she and I, we're, we're forever, okay? We're all given equal opportunity. There's 24 hours in a day. Have you ever met um, a, a first-generation American? Uh, somebody who immigrated here from a country outside of ours, and they're wildly successful when they get here. And maybe your family's been here for three or four generations, and you're like, why don't I see that same success? I think a better question is, how are they using your ti- their time that you're not? How do they use their time? How do they use their time? Th- do they use their time you know, getting all caught up in the ills of social media and Facebook and making sure everybody understands all of your political views, did they, did they get caught up in all of that and they just go, eh, I, I, I got to work? How did they use their time? That's what it boils down to. It's not that they had better opportunities. It's not that they had a, a, a better head start. It's that they used their time better. And so we want to talk about that. Now, uh, this book, First Things First, if you're ever studying time management and they and, 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 and the bibliography is not first things first, that person that wrote that book or, or is doing that teaching is just flat out uh, ignorant or lying. Because this book, to me, is the cornerstone of time management skills. First Things First by Stephen Covey. Uh, this book absolutely changed my life and the whole book goes into talking about these four quadrants and really how you divide your time. This is, I have several filters in my life that I've set up. Um, and uh, one of the filters I've set up in my life is dividing things that come at me in these four categories. So column one, uh, uh, quadrant one are things that are urgent and important. They have to happen right now and it's important that they get done. Okay, I'm I'm going to further drive down into these four quadrants, but let me just go through them real quick. Quadrant two, not urgent, but important. So it doesn't have to happen right now, but it is important that it gets done. Quadrant three, these are urgent things, have to be done right now, but it's just really not important that they ever get done, but it has to be done right now, kind of like it's not, well, I'll explain further in a second. It's not important that I go see my kids high, if I never go see my kids high score, it's not like it's going to uh, stunt them for the rest of their life, but it is urgent to them that I do it right now. Now, <clears throat> quadrant four, not urgent things that are also not important. Uh, you ask, why would anybody do things that are not urgent or not important? Well, unfortunately, most of America spends most of their time in quadrant four. So let's start with quadrant one. What falls under these categories? According to Stephen Covey, he says crises, uh, pressing problems, deadline-driven projects, meetings, preparations. Uh, these, these are quadrant one type situations. Quadrant one, it's urgent and important. So it's, it is very much like burning the candle at both ends. You're going to get fried very quickly if you spend all of your time in quadrant one. And, and I said it a second ago, most people re- in, in the United States relax in quadrant four and they work in quadrant one. Most of our country works in quadrant one, relaxes in quadrant four, which means they they stay wildly burnt out and very exhausted. OK, so um, an, an example that I give of urgent and important is a, a heart attack a heart attack it's urgent that you address this right now uh, it's important that you address this right now if, if you don't take it as urgent and important said heart attack could kill you right that is an urgent and important thing uh, if you have children and your child is choking well that's urgent and important whatever you're doing right now there's nothing more urgent or more important than dislodging whatever is in your child's throat okay those are quadrant one things now quadrant two there's another list here, but I'm going to start with just preparation. Hang on a second there, because this is the first word of Quadrant Two, but it's the uh, last one in Quadrant One. And and if the first time I read this book, I was like, well, how can, how can he have preparation in Quadrant One and Quadrant Two? Either it's urgent and important or it's not urgent and important. And then I started thinking about um, how Heather and I met. I mean, we met in college. Now, Heather uh, always denies this, but uh, in college, uh, Heather was one who, I, she wasn't a bookworm, she didn't lock herself up in the library, but she steadily studied. Um, and and, and I, I mean, she wouldn't say that she was some, you know, summa cum laude or whatever, but she made good grades. And she, she was consistent and diligent in her work. That would be quadrant two, preparation. I was steadily in quadrant one, which meant I liked to cram. I could knock out a 50 page term paper with bibliography in about two days. Um, it didn't take me a semester to work on that. I could knock it out and I get a C. It's all right. So <laughs> see the difference? Like I, I, I lived under high stress all the time, whereas those who study a little bit at a time over the course of a semester, they don't live under high stress. Come time for final exams, I'm, I'm taking no doze and a six-pack of jolt. Um, my wife is going to bed at eight o'clock in the evening and getting a nice rest and having a nice breakfast in the morning. That's the difference between quadrant one and quadrant two. I, I would like to point out that I feel like we've more like flip-flopped over the last few years. And, and she more is the quadrant one preparation person I'm more of the quadrant two but that's because she's got three kids I don't judge all right but the rest of the list prevention values clarification planning relationship building empowerment inspecting what you expect you're watching this video right now and I'm telling you I bet you a thousand dollars right now you don't spend near enough time in quadrant two you don't spend enough quiet time in Quadrant 2. We're always working in Quadrant 1. We have to, oh man, I got rent to pay. Oh man, I got, like, oh hey, finances are pretty good. I'm going to go on a two-month vacation. Oh crap, I'm back from vacation. Now I got to pay rent. Ah! <laughs> You're constantly living in Quadrant 1 and relaxing in Quadrant 4. Spend some time here. Plan out your week. Plan out your month, your year. How about putting together some goals and looking at the the steps along the way to achieving those goals or thinking about, okay, the work I did today, what went right, what went wrong? I do this every night. And I'm not patting myself on the back. I had to learn to do this. I wasn't born knowing this. I was born doing last minute. But what I learned was every night I can look at the day and I think about the conversations I had, i make some notes on some people, I'm drawing things out, and I'm kinda looking at it, and I'm thinking about it, and then I'm looking at the next day, and what do I have tomorrow, and did that person get a reminder of our appointment? I need to quickly send them a reminder, because they missed last time, so maybe they need a reminder. Like, I'm thinking about that stuff, and I'm taking notes, and I'm preparing. Like, this this, this PowerPoint I put together, I didn't put this together last night. This this, this is, and, and I didn't put it together a year and a half ago. It's been a progression this PowerPoint has for years, uh, where I made some last, uh, some last tweaks to it a week ago. Not last night, I was preparing a week ago for this talk today. Last night, I was reviewing it again just to make sure it's all my thoughts were fresh in my mind of what I wanted to say. But that's, that was still a quadrant two thing. Uh, uh, people, uh, I, get, I have a reputation for knowing my numbers and, and studying my numbers and really paying attention to numbers. That's a quadrant two thing if you're a small business owner and you don't know the metrics of whether your business is going up or not if you don't even know what the metrics are and then you don't know what those numbers of the metrics are like if you don't know you're just you're gambling with your life in your business right now and I'm challenging you to stop thinking that way stop acting that way live in quadrant two I'll just tell you now the wealthy they have figured out how to rest in quadrant two as well where the way they're resting and the things they're doing in their rest is still important. It's not urgent, but it is important. Um, If quadrant one is a heart attack, quadrant two is exercising. It's not urgent that you exercise, but it's important because if you neglect this, now it's going to be urgent (laughs) because you got a heart attack. It's it's not urgent that you eat broccoli and and, and proper diet, but if you don't, you're going to end up over here. So, so many problems here result from the problem here. Having to scramble to pay rent or your mortgage every month is because you spent no time here. Having production goals at the end of the month that you're pushing to qualify for, oh, I, I, that one app, I just missed that one app in qualifying for that next trip that we're going on. That's a problem here. That's not a problem here. That's here. Okay? Quadrant three. Stephen Covey says, interruptions, some phone calls, some mail, some, some reports, some meetings, many proximate pressing matters, many popular activities. My example for Quadrant 3 is, because uh, I'm a Cowboys fan, and uh, I still like the Cowboys. Uh, e- even, even with all the drama going on right now, I still like the Cowboys. God bless me, I'm a Cowboys fan, okay? <laughs> but if somebody calls me at Sunday for a noon game, and they call me 1130 saying, hey, we got 50-yard line tickets, do you want to go to the game? Guess what that problem is? Quadrant 3. It's urgent because the game starts in 30 minutes, but it's not really important. You don't understand, man. I'm a diehard Cowboys fan. Um, if you don't own the, even the owner is not important. As a matter of fact, it's better when the owner's not there. Uh, the coach, the coach. it's important that the coach is there. It's important that the players are there. I mean, it's sort of important that the cheerleaders are there, <laughs> right? But coach and players, that's pretty much it. If you're not one of those people, then it's a quadrant three issue for you. You don't understand, man? I bleed silver and blue. Well, you should get a job there, <laughs> because that's that's a that's a, a pastime. That's a popular activity. That's not essential to your being. Quadrant four: trivia, busy work, some phone calls, time wasters, escape activities, irrelevant mail or email, excessive TV. Um, Stephen Covey wasn't you know writing this during social media. Uh, I would say social media, Facebook, TikTok. Uh, Instagram, uh, Snapchat, uh, Twitter, all excessive. I'm not saying that that stuff is bad. I'm saying excessive time there is bad. Do, do you spend more time reading social media than you do say a book? <laughs> like <laughs> maybe spend more time in a book would bring you up to a quadrant two. Cause reading that book is actually preparation for things you've got to do, whereas quadrant four, that Facebook, that's not, that's not helping. Now, I'm, I'm not casting stones here. I'm saying I get caught up in that too, right? I kind of, every day I have to go, whoa, too much, too much. I, I, got, I got to back off of that now and go somewhere else, do something else. I need to read a book now. Okay, 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 I've got myself all twisted up about what that person said. You know, I, I, no, nah, I need to get out of that and get back into here, okay? I would say of these four quadrants, quadrant three and quadrant four are absolutely worthless. I do them, as do you, so no judging, but they're not important, and I was listening this morning to a podcast while I was on the treadmill, and the guy said, you know, right now, Americans are living to about 82, and I was thinking, well, I'm 44, and on the treadmill, I couldn't do the math really well, but I was like, That's, I'm over halfway done, but God, I'm supposed to live to 120, we have a deal, right, but, but in reality, I'm probably going to go in my 80s, so now I'm thinking, jeez, it's gone by so fast. I got to make better use of my time. My oldest child is a, is a freshman in high school now. Like, I've got four years left with him, and then he's gone to college. And when we went to, when my wife and I went off to college, we didn't come back. We, we got married right out of college. And so, him going off to college is going to be, he's going to be gone from our home, from under our roof. And, and so, when I think, when I start thinking about that, like, I'm going to start getting teary, like, oh, I don't want my life to just fly by. But it's going to, especially if you're doing things that are not important. Everything you do needs to fall into this important range, I think. And 80% of what you do should fall into quadrant two. So, what does that look like for your schedule? How do you block that off? Now, um, I'm always, I say schedule and calendar. Those two terms are not interchangeable to me. A calendar is where you have specific appointments booked into. I I used to use a a day planner uh, and now I'm electronic. I use outlook and all that sort of stuff uh, to to run my calendar. But a schedule is where you're sort of blocking off when you're doing things like um, when I worked at Winn Dixie grocery store, they put out a schedule of who was supposed to work and when it was big blocks of time blocked off. They didn't have everything you're supposed to be doing in that schedule while you're working there. They just said you're working these hours. So this is a schedule. Now. If you uh, are, look, if you have the activity tracker, the activity tracker actually has a tab in there uh, that uh, if it's hidden, you can unhide it, but it allows you to kind of put together a schedule. If you want help with this, this is the kind of thing I love talking about, uh, helping people put together their schedule. Let's walk through it. The first thing you put in your schedule is education, education. Now, I I think that uh, what you don't know can and will kill you. I think ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance is deadly. And uh, I think it's important that you educate yourself. Um, I, I, uh, the, the number one, and there's, there's this whole debate and conversation about firearms, right? The deadliest firearm, did you know the deadliest firearm is the unloaded firearm? And everybody says, when I say that, they go, well, how's that possible? Well, it's, it's not really unloaded, mind you. It's people treat it like it's unloaded. And they pull the trigger and people die. That's that's why you never point a gun at somebody. I mean, we teach our I teach my kids even with their regular guns like Don't you, know, you got a Nerf gun? OK, that's not going to kill somebody. But you know, play guns. We don't point at each other. It's just we don't do that because the unloaded gun. See, what you don't know about that gun can kill you or others. It's the same in life. The things you don't know can and will destroy you. And so it's important that you put education in. Now, on this calendar, I just blocked off the Tuesday morning meeting that we do with TFG. But there's other opportunities. There's, there's national calls. There's product trainings. They're, they're happening. There's so many going on right now that I can't even, I mean, I know like tomorrow night there's a, a call going on for foresters training and there's, there's IUL trainings on Thursdays and there's product calls. and There's nat- so many. I just didn't block them all out. Now, there is so many education opportunities that you could become a professional student. And as I remember my student days, we lived on cheap pizza and cheap beer. So if you wanna live a life like that, be a professional student, but eventually you gotta do something. This also includes devouring YouTube videos, but Fitz, I'm learning something. Yes, but you spent 40 hours on that this week. Stop, it's not helping. You've got to go do if you actually wanna achieve anything. Education's important, which is why you put it in your calendar first. I think you need to know on a regular, on a routine, when are you reading? When are you listening to podcasts? When are, you, when are you availing yourself of the information that's out there? Or are you going to remain ignorant? Please don't. Please don't remain ignorant. And once you know something and don't do anything about it, now you're just stupid. And there's nothing I can't stand more than stupid people. And my, my kids will tell you that. Like they, I, I yell at stupid people when we're driving all the time. So, <laughs> right, put the education in first. Now you go to your activity tracker. This is something we developed inside the Fitz group. I developed it for me, not for you, uh, but it worked well for me, and now I give it to you. Okay, so you go through the activity tracker. If you don't know how to use this, please ask somebody for help. Not training on it today, but you're able to figure out based on your goals that you want to do the activity that you need to do to get it done. And so you take that information and you put it into your calendar. Now what I did here was I blocked off when you're making your phone calls and when you're making your personal production appointments. I'm not personally coaching you right now. I'm teaching mass. If you would like help with this, I know a lot of people make dials on Tuesday afternoons and they run appointments Wednesdays and Thursdays. I I made dials on Sunday nights and I ran appointments Monday night and Tuesday night. But maybe you need help figuring out when that is, but the, the faster you can get into the routine of when you're doing those things, the better it's gonna look on your bottom line. Now, I know if you talk to our top producers, all of them know this is when I'm making dials. This is when I run appointments and they're specific. They're not saying, oh, I'll make dials sometime on Tuesday. No, they say, I make dials from here to here on Tuesdays, and I run appointments from here to here on Wednesday and Thursday, period. Like, they're very definitive about it. They're not gray about it. It's very clear. Now, on the activity tracker, if you want to build, if you want to hire and build a team and build a a business, not just be in sales, but also build a business, uh, you look at the activity tracker, and you can punch in your goals here and figure out the work that you need to do. But you need to block off, when are you doing interviews? You need, you need to follow that up with when are you doing coaching conversations? You can't just interview agents and expect to get rich. You've got to help people. You've got to teach people. You've got to guide people. You just hired that newborn. You expect them to know how to feed themselves? No. You have to teach them how to feed themselves. And then once they know how to do that, there's other things to teach them, but you don't have to keep teaching them that. Okay? So, But you have to block it off. You have to know when you're doing it. Me, personally, I like alternating coaching and interviewing the as best I can. I like alternating because that interview is my first impression with that agent. And I don't want to be late. Coaching conversation, I can cut off on time and pick right up on the interview. I don't want to be late on that interview conversation because that is my first opportunity to to, to create an impression. It's my first opportunity to start building trust. And if I'm consistently five to ten minutes late, uh, then I'm losing trust with the people that I'm leading. And so I really don't like to do that. And plus, on the net, if the interview is running over, I can start the coaching conversation up and they can listen to the end of that interview and maybe learn something in the, in the course of that conversation. Now you fill in the rest of it. Free time, look, I, I blocked off all of Sunday here free. You got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday with free. It's not working 24 hours a day, but you do have to get administrative things done. You do gotta get the business issued that you wrote you do have to, to, to follow up with your clients and get that form signed. You do have to, to follow up with the agent and make sure they got their numbers turned in this week. You, you do have admin things to do, but you don't have to work 24 hours a day. But, but here's the thing I'm going a, I'm a toss your way. I challenge you, and we can work individually on your own personal schedule, but if you just did this schedule for the next year, I dare you to make less than 250000 with us next year. I dare you, it's it's impossible. Now somebody, somebody, take me up on that. Take me up on that. Do this schedule for twelve months, and at the end of twelve months, come to me and say, "Fitz, I didn't make two hundred fifty thousand dollars." We'll talk about it. I'll try to make it right for you. I, I promise you, you do this for twelve months, you're gonna make a quarter million dollars. Now, why don't we have more people doing, making a quarter million dollars a year, Fitz? They're not doing that. They're not doing that. I, pr- I mean, so often, so. I love Tuesday afternoons in the Fitch Group because we do the the Zoom call and we got people watching each other work and I'm constantly working because I know that I got these eyeballs. In my mind, they're looking at me. They're not really. But I wonder often if if I could go around and sit with people who say they're working 40 to 60 hours a week with us. I wonder if I sat with them for a day, if they could prove to me that they're actually doing that work or if it's just lip service. Because here's the thing. The tail is in the tape right the numbers prove it out if, if you're working this business generates ridiculous results if you're not working guess what it produces nothing so I would love to just hang out with you and just say why aren't you working right now well I gotta check Facebook okay but work like, I'd love to do that I can't I can't do that with everybody so what I can do though is talk with you work with you help you develop a schedule but I am not going to have a full time job running everybody's lives I'll help you put together something that can. What I did for me, I put together a schedule that runs my life. It's obnoxious how much my calendar runs my life. My family, if we got to do something, it needs to be on my calendar, or I can't promise I'm going to be there. And initially, that created a rub. Initially, it created some friction until they got used to it and realized I was serious about it. And now everybody knows, hey, dad, hey, honey, I need you. Okay, put it on my calendar. I'll be there. But if it's not there, I ain't getting it done because I got a schedule and I got ambition and I got goals and I'm going to get it done. And the only way I can do it is to manage my time. Hope that helps. Can I help you? Sure would like to. If you're an agent with us, please go to timewithfits.com. That's timewithfitz.com to schedule a time when I can help you directly. Just pick a topic, pick a time and we'll meet. If you're not an agent with The Fitz Group, I encourage you to go to thefitzgroup.org slash contact. Again, that's thefitzgroup.org slash contact and send us a message. See you next week.